I truly, truly deeply believe in it and feel it and empathize with the work that's being done because I believe in in these values, which is really comes down to community, right? And and community ownership, community governance. I think these things are very powerful concepts. And I think these are very powerful ways for an artist to run their business. Hey, welcome to the Trapital Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Trapital, Dan Runcie. This podcast is your place to gain insights from the executives in music, media, entertainment, and more who are taking hip-hop culture to the next level. Today's guest is Pretty Boy Shah. He's the co-founder and CEO of Indify, a platform that is helping people invest in the future of music. Indify connects emerging artists with the funding they need to build the biggest careers. On Indify, it brings together artists who want to grow and control their career on their terms. It also brings together investors who want to support and back these artists and have the know-how to help bring them to the next level. And it also brings together business partners who can help artists with marketing, legal, accounting, and many of the other things involved to help run the business. One of the things that Shab and I have always talked about and we agree on is that artists are founders. If you follow me anywhere, you've seen me talk about this, you see me reiterate this. And I think Shab himself is a great example of this. He very much approaches what he's done at Indify this way, and he's also a recording artist himself. Pretty, art, Pretty Boy Shab has over 10 million streams, and we talk a lot about what it's been like for him navigating both the CEO role and his role as an artist. But we also talk about what Indify has been up to and some of the progress they've had. The company has had over a million dollars generated this past quarter in 2022 for the artists on its platform and over a billion streams for those artists collectively as well. We talk about the influence that some of the partners they've had as well, such as Alexis Ohanian, who is an early investor in Indify, some of the artists that he's been able to back, and ultimately what they're trying to build towards. We talk about how Indify is positioned relative to other alternative financing options in the music industry. We also talk about how it's positioned relative to record labels and can an artist on one of these alternative financing platforms achieve the same success as the superstars that are on the major record labels, the folks that headline major music festivals, perform at the Super Bowl and things like that. This is a great conversation. And if you're interested in where the music industry is going, some other options, you'll love this one. Here's my chat with Pretty Boy Shav. All right, we got the one and only Pretty Boy Shav here with us today. He is the co-founder, CEO of Indify, a platform and a company that is helping artists embrace their independence. He is also an artist himself with over 10 million streams. Shav, welcome to the pod. What's up, Dan? Good to be here, man. I've, I've been wanting to come on here for a while. Yeah. And I mean, you know that I've been following everything that you've all been doing, and it's been very interesting to see how you've navigated the industry and how you've leveraged the technology you've built to continue to do good things. So for those that are less familiar, what is yeah. Indify and what is it that you all are trying to help solve in the music industry? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Indify is a marketplace that's helping artists raise funding on equitable terms from strategic partners. You could think of it as almost like uh, Angelist for music. I think our premise is that the major labels and a lot of the old system and, and the traditional system in the music industry 
kind of represent what you know private equity did years ago on the venture side. And I think fortunately we had things like YC and AngelList. Actually, one of these tweets is the Kanye tweet from uh, around fall 2020, where he kind of talked about a lot of things that we've been talking about. But we think it's time that a lot of those standardized, founder-friendly and digitized terms come to help artists who we believe are also founders raise funding equitably. Yeah. So it's, it's been exciting. I think this is an evolution from our earlier platform, which was really uh, just a discovery tool for the music industry and became an industry standard tool across a ton of record labels and, and ended up identifying a ton of artists early. One that we're very known for is Khalid. Nice. And I got to mention, because you mentioned the Kanye tweets behind you, is one of those the one that's talking about the Y Combinator for the music industry? Yes, that's it's exactly what it is. You know, when I spoke to Ken Jacobs, who's on the board of Vivendi, we decided to create a YC for the music industry. So artists have the power and transparency to be in control of our future. No more shady contracts, no more lifelong deals. And this one is Alexis tweeting blonde because I showed Alexis Anian, who's our investor. I was like, man, you got to get deeper into blonde and Frank Ocean because this thing is amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing album. And I think thinking more broadly about what you all are building, I think that venture for music is the pitch I've heard from you. I've heard references well with where you're seeing with this, but I feel like you're taking a bit of a more unique take on it than maybe just the YC model. So what does that look like? What do you see things playing out for you? I think what YC did, right, in building the safe Mm -hmm. and standardized docs and more documentation and transparency is allow founders to see okay, what is par for the course? What are founder-friendly terms? You know, if you don't use a safe note for a raise or, or standardized docs, you're kind of, you know, totally left field. A ton of artists, I would say, you know, just an anecdotally, like one out of three artists we meet, a very high percentage have actually signed some sort of predatory shady contract before they even get off the ground. And the lack of standardization at that early stage, if, if you compare it to venture, seed, series A, pre-seed, has made it so a lot of artists get taken advantage of at inception. And I think that's something that's very core to Indify is to, to prevent that from happening, to build the tools and education system so that artists can have an ecosystem or have kind of technology such that they're protected. And I think a lot of that, you mentioned the partners they work with and the people they meet, because that, of course, is how people end up in either good contracts or bad contracts. That's a lot of what's there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you've spoken before about this distinction between smart money versus dumb money, which I know has also been very common in investing and in tech as well. And I think the same can be said in music. And I know that you all do your job on both sides, both the artist side and the investor side to determine who can be entered into the program. So let's start with the investor side. What are the things that you look for when someone wants to join your platform because they want to invest in an artist? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, building on, on kind of some of the points you were making earlier too, Dan, like what is protection for artists? What is being artists first? This is something that at Indify we studied for six years and these are nuanced questions. I, and I've studied it myself as an artist, right? You know, there's a ton of funding solutions that are out there. Some fan investing, some loan investing, but you know, if it is a, a finance bro buying your song or if it is, you know, a loan against your own streams, a lot of the times this can put the artists in a worse position than if they were to take no money at all, because now they're in the whole X amount of dollars. And if that do- those dollars are not spent you know, wisely or spent in a way that they're amplifying ultimately your platform as an artist or your income as an artist, now you're not increasing your income and you're in the whole 10, 20, 50K. 
And that's something that I think, you know, is important to make a distinction about because artists are founders and we're not necessarily seeing founders prioritize capital, but prioritize the best partners when they're raising funds for their companies. I think the same is true for these smart business owners that are artists. And I think they should be respected as such. Many of them are making six, seven figures a year that work with Indify. And part of the reason that that is, is they're not only, I think, CEOs in their own right and building their business on platforms like TikTok, Instagram, social media, shipping every day, right? Like we talk about shipping with founders. These artists are shipping every day. They're putting their stories out there. They're connecting with people, but they're also very, very smart to find business partners that know how to digital market their music, that know how to manage their operations. And, and they're hiring these partners and, and partnering with investors. And so what we look for, you know, is generally two kind of cohorts, I would say. One is smart music professionals that have had experience breaking artists before. And we have certain kind of thresholds for that. One of the thresholds we talk about is, has this uh, partner worked with an artist that has reached over 30,000 streams a day or not in previous time? Or also, you know, influencers themselves. I think that's something that we're really excited about. It's a bit more in the early stage. But for example, Alexis Ohanian invested in artist Leah Kate at, I think around, you know, when, when he at least identified her on the platform and he, that was all him. He went on the platform and he found her. She was even lower on the rank. She was at around 3,000 streams per day. He's helped her grow using his platform and, and uh, his base to now over a million streams a day. And we think that's an, an incredible example of a partnership. And we think those combinations together, a syndicate of sorts of these strategic professionals with strategic influencers that can gift an audience to a younger artist is the new way of, of the music industry. I'm sure there must be some nuance there, right? Because of course, someone like Alexis, who is a fan, he understands it clearly he has a lot of influence to be able to make things happen. But I'm sure you may also get interest from people in tech, let's say they were early at a startup, startup exited, they have some extra money. They may know nothing about the music industry, but they mm -hmm. just want to get in. Yep. How are those conversations? Well, I think Alexis, I mean, I'll tell a story like Alexis tweeted, I wish I could invest in Lizzo Enterprises. And I tweeted back, invest in the next one on Indify. And somebody showed him the tweet. Somehow I caught him for five minutes at the US Open actually, and told him music investing is safe. He said, you're a crazy person. Investing in music can't be safe. I said, try it. And he actually, you know, put his money where his mouth is and he backed an artist. But I think with that was the spirit of somebody who wanted to help that artist grow. Uh, with that was the spirit of somebody who wanted to spend time with Leah, who's a founder, and, and help her develop both as an artist and as a businesswoman, an independent businesswoman who's building an incredible seven figure per year revenue business. And so I think that that development, and, and I think more so with him, the ability to empower her as an entrepreneur and, and that story getting out there, I think was what made for something really exciting with Leah. But I think what's really interesting is now bigger artists actually coming into the fold. We actually had a huge artist. I'm not at liberty to say yet in Q1, back an artist, one of my favorite artists of all time. And this, I think is going to happen more and more. What happens if LeBron starts backing artists on Indify, right? What happens if, you know, actors and actresses, what happened if Aesop, right, starts backing artists on Indify? I mean, these are artists that can bring real taste, culture, and audiences to those next generation of emerging artists. And I think when you're posed with signing your rights away to a major label or 
partnering with someone like that, I think it's a really exciting proposition for the future. Yeah, this reminds me of an idea that I think it was Jack Butcher or someone like that had mentioned on a podcast about look at someone like a Canelo Alvarez or even a Deontay Wilder. You have these prize fighters, boxers, mm-hmm. and if they invest in an artist, and that artist is the one that walks out with them when they're doing their walk-up music. That is a huge platform to that. be able to introduce someone like that. I think that is so powerful. I saw that clip and shout out Jack Butcher and Visualize Value and everything he's doing. He's an amazing podcast too. He's a friend. And I think that's such an amazing concept, right? Like I think as a society, we're yearning for cross-cultural moments. You know what I mean? I and mean, you see it so much with even the Pauls fighting and in, in boxing and, you know, Paul Mayweather. What a crazy event that was or Conor McGregor Mayweather. And, and I think the more and more, I think you're going to see culture crossover, right? And I like that pun there, but like, you know, music is in our DNA and people talk about, sometimes they ask me like, you know, what's the market in music? What's the market of streaming? What's the opportunity? And I'm like, well, there's 7 billion of us in the world and we all like music, right? So I think everybody is on the table to, to be a part of the story. And I think that's why it's so powerful. That's why I think we've wanted solutions in music for such a long time. But I think for us, you know, it's been these strategic partners and pairing them with, you know, and our ability to identify artists, I think is the best out there in, in all honesty, pairing them with artists with traction. That's when one plus one equals a hundred. I mean, in the last year or so, we've helped artists reach over a billion streams independently. And this is real on the ground effort and real on the ground connections that is making a difference in these lives, not in terms of just a one-time cash out, but many of these artists are now making six and some seven figures per year over you know, what could be the rest of their careers. And, and that's the beauty of when you do break through on streaming, what, what it can do for you it can create sustainability as an artist. I think it's something that we're very proud of in, in our cohort of artists helping them get to. So let's talk a little bit more about the benefits and what artists do get. Because I think a lot of people, they hear options like Indify, they're thinking about it as an alternative to maybe going with a traditional record mm-hmm. label and doing that type of deal. And yep. On the surface, of course, if an artist is working with Indify, I believe the terms is up to 50% and retaining ownership of their masters is what they offer. I know there are some record label deals that do offer that, but if you could talk a little bit more about the distinction there and if there are certain things that you think that you offer as a replacement, and then are there certain things where you still think that an artist would need to still find elsewhere as they should find elsewhere, it may be a bit of the itemization of where Indify's value add is relative to what the artist would get on a mm-hmm. record label. Well, I think talking more just technically to start, if you look at the traditional record industry contract and what's standard, and this is for people out there who don't know, generally they're like aghast <laughs> when I explain this, but a typical record deal is, this is the deal that, that a lot of these greats have signed. A typical record deal is 85% 15 in favor of the major label, a five album deal, and over the course of lifetime of copyright plus like 70 years is like the traditional kind of deal. So that means an entire artist's career that they're sort of signing away at 17, 16, 20 years old, but are involved in for the next 10 to 15 years of the career. And I think that time period also matters. Also for the capital advance you get, right? Like you see these artists get all these nice things up front. I think that upfront cost is massive. It's massive because you're not only in a typical loan, you pay, you know, your 100% of your rights would pay back that loan, right? In this case, your 
has to pay back that initial advance. Let's say it's 100K, 200K, 500K, meaning you're in the whole millions, right, of dollars before you see 15 cents on the dollar. And that's after there is, and these are some of the things that I find the most predatory, a 25% distribution fee, which costs $20 on DistroKit, or, you know, accounting that is just less than clean and clear, I'll say. And so I think on the, the converse side, I think a lot of these infrastructural issues are initially what we're trying to fix, you know, beyond just, I think, the terms. But if we put it plain and simple on terms, I mean, a lot of artists on our platform start with raising for one song, right? With a partner that they talk to and they might have interest from a ton of partners, messages from a ton of partners on the platform, speak with them. And if they like that partner, generally these deals are for one song, only three to five years. And after the initial investment is paid back, I think we see a lot of 70-30 kind of splits in favor of the artist. So it's quite literally flipping the economics and making the commitment significantly less. And I think, honestly, one of the other things that I've heard you know, people talk about, one of the greatest forms of control is slowness. I think you know, these contracts, they take sometimes six weeks to, to six months to a year to, to fully kind of work through. On Endify, we're seeing... You know, you can raise one song, try a partner, try another partner for another song. If you like them, do an EP. And you can do that investment, you know, using this platform. Again, all of the actual legal terms are in our outsource to our like TOS and, and our super artist friendly. We have our sort of indie note that like backs that. But you're then just deciding four simple terms. Once those are decided, it can take 45 minutes to raise. And you can capitalize on that moment that's happening on TikTok or on Instagram immediately with some of the best marketers and, and managers in the business that are doing a lot of a lot of the heavy lifting behind the scenes and are a lot of times the people who the label pay at a premium. And so I think that's for us why we feel Indify is really a better option because, you know, rather than diving in and getting married to a partner at the youngest possible age, you're in fact just, you know, going on dates, I guess, with different partners and seeing, all right, who's the best fit for me? Who's somebody that I connect with? Who's the right value add investor? for my project. I do think that last example makes a ton of sense in the distinction because so much of it, especially these five album deals, you are signing away so much early on when the, if you think about yourself as an asset, you've been de-risked hopefully much earlier in the process if you end up being successful, but there's no opportunity to necessarily realize that until a bit later on in mm -hmm. the process. And I know one thing that I do hear from people, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is that with some of these alternative financing options, the terms are great, everything is effective from that perspective. However, people still have this question about, okay, well, what is the max that we could see an artist succeed? Can we see someone be this superstar that's performing at the Super Bowl or reaching these Billie Eilish or Olivia Rodrigo or Ariana Grande level of artists if they are not with one of the major record labels. You could still earn yeah. a living off of those, but can an artist reach that path? So it'd be great to hear your thoughts on that, and especially how you think that relates with Indify. I really love that question. It's something that I think about a lot. It's something that I'm excited to experiment with myself. I think eventually, you know, something that I'm interested in is documenting, transcribing, and publishing my process of going through Indify. I'm an artist with 10 million streams. I'm not quite, I think, fairly qualified. So I'm actually posting my TikToks trying to get there. But I think as an artist, you get excited about seeing what, and as a, obviously as a founder, what the brink of this platform is. We've seen, for transparency's sake, a $400,000 deal happen on Indify. We've also seen 
deals for 10 to 50K, right? Where the investor, you know, pre-release invests in the song. Week one, it, with some initial pre-release traction, and I can talk about the Seb Seaside demo example, that song was invested in on Sunday. It came out on Monday. By Wednesday, it was doing well. Nick Miller and Golden Kids Group, he flagged it to Spotify and he made sure the digital marketing was being spent wisely. So that week two, it's now doing 100,000 streams per day, 200,000 streams per day. Week three, week four, he's calling TikTok, calling Snapchat, calling Apple, calling all the right partners such that it reaches Pop Rising by week two or three. And by week five, it hit today's top hits as an independent song. And this happened within the course of a month. I mean, you know, songs like that, without going into too much detail, when you do have that viral capacity, you could see a 30 or 50x on your 10K investment. And we're seeing investors experience that. You're seeing these artists, again, earn six to seven figures from creating moments like that. And beyond that, you know, just working with these partners, when it doesn't happen at that level, you're seeing, I think, 80 or 90% of these deals on the platform are profitable. So quite literally, you have what is a low ceiling or a low risk, high ceiling asset class, which I think is incredibly unique, especially because we're de-risking those things by only allowing the artists to come on and see strategic partners and only allowing the partners to come on and see artists with traction and be able to invest in them right on the platform and then be able to earn out directly through kind of this whole ecosystem and technology that we've built. And I think what we've seen in the last year, even the last quarter, JX0, I think he reached 700 or 800,000 streams a day. Leah is now doing a million streams per day. Pink Sweats, who was the first artist to raise uh, way back when, this was even off-platform. Leah was the first one on-platform with Alexis. Off-platform, Pink did a, a funding partnership, a funding deal to, to start his career. I mean, he's had a platinum record. He's in the top 500 in the world, and he's at Coachella. And that's the only artist that's had a few years to develop. I think the next superstars are already happening on Endify. I think that's a given. I just think that just like startups, these are going to take time. But if you look at the last year, and even if you look at the last quarter, I think we had three or four songs hit the global viral chart last quarter. And these artists are, are, are on their way to be great. And I think just to add one more thing, if you look at Kanye West's top songs on Spotify, his genius just came out, College Dropout was spotlighted in that like crazy. I mean, what, what an amazing doc. But if you look at his Spotify, his number one song is Praise God, right? If his number one song, why is his number one song Praise God? I mean, Moon, I love that song. Arguably a better song in my view. Praise God's a great song. Off of Donda, there's a million tracks that are doing well, but that's the only song off Donda that's number one. No, the Genius Doc didn't move anything to number one in terms of the college dropout and the songs that were spotlighted. So why is it that Praise God is the number one song on Kanye's catalog? Kanye West, one of the biggest artists in the world, because on TikTok, it reached 1.5 million videos. The investors on Indify are the best at marketing on TikTok and social media. And it's my belief that not only should the next generation of emerging artists raise funding on Indify, but it's my belief that the current generation of superstars will start to in the next few years. It's a compelling pitch. And I think normally at this stage, you, of course, are able to incentivize artists with the amount that they could earn by essentially starting a round and using their songs as a round or using an album as a round, right? Is there any upfront pitch of financing, though, that would happen? So let's say there is a major artist that's like, oh, hey, I see what you all are doing. I'm down. But if you could give me some upfront money, if not necessarily in advance or some type of upfront money, what would that look like? Yeah. Is that something that you've all explored or has that come up at all? You know, it's so funny. One, bigger artists are approaching us. I think that's actually to my surprise. I didn't think we'd be at that stage yet. 
it's a dream. It really is a dream what we get to do every day. A chance to serve some of these artists gives me chills because these are artists that are heroes. And to know that we built an infrastructure better than the old, in fact, the pitch is much easier to them than a new artist because they've been through the system. They know what it looks like from the inside. Generally, the so you don't have to say the artist, but could you give us like a tier? Like what level is one of the ones that have reached out? I would say an important megastar. I won't say like, I think that's the right. I'll give that tier. That's what I'll give. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and, and, like someone think, that's like someone that would headline Coachella. Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. I think you'll see artists that would headline Coachella, and that people would be most excited about on the build, especially in Brooklyn, where I'm at, where there is a care for culture and art and and these things that we get excited about. I think those are the artists that we're excited to serve, man. You know, like it'd be a dream to work with and, and help Frank Ocean Race for his next project. I mean, he's the guy that started this model years ago, and I think these artists deserve credit, not just as artists but as entrepreneurs. But yeah, to to your question, on Indify, you'd be shocked. Artists are on there negotiating down the amount of initial sort of capital they'll get because they only want the right amount, not the most amount, because they don't want to earn on their advance. They want to earn on their equity. They want to earn on their business. And that's, to me, the generation of founders, as artists are founders, that, that we're looking to empower. And I think I'm excited to help the superstars, you know, earn off of their streams too, as they should, because their pies are going to look a lot bigger. Yeah, I think the interesting test I've always looked at was when Taylor Swift had finished her record label deal that she was on the open market. She was exploring options and everyone wondered, what is she going to do? She obviously wants to own her masters moving forward. And she ended up doing the licensing deal with Republic Records, which she has been now, and she's released, I believe, three albums now under that deal. I think that what you're saying is that if we could get to the point where now the market is in a different place than it was in 2018 with options like yours that now have the op opportunity for a mega star who is out of their deal, they've been de-risked, they already are a star, what could it look like for them to be like, okay, now that I'm done with this deal, now I want to go to Indify. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that happening. I'm very confident in that. And I think those are conversations that are happening faster than we expected. I think what, you know, going back to the Taylor Swift uh, moment, and you actually did an amazing breakdown of, of what was going on with her. And, and just for anyone who's listening, like, I know you're already on Trapital because you're listening to the podcast, but I do believe, Dan, what you're doing is some of the most accurate breakdowns in the market. I mean, that it's a joy listening to these podcasts. It's a dream to be on here. And, and it's so cool to read your newsletter, you know, every time it comes out. I, I think going back to the Taylor one, because I remember you, you breaking it down. And obviously we're nerds about this stuff, so we should talk about it. But, you know, on Indify, there's three main principles that guard the technology on the platform. One artists own their rights forever. You know, artists' kids deserve to have their music. We think that's a, a fundamental, maybe even a human right, not just a, a right that we believe they should have. And that's something that, you know, an ownership deal will never happen on Indify. And I would hold Web3 platforms to that same standard because I think a lot of them are doing ownership deals. And I think that's going backwards. I think a lot of the music industry is moving forward from that. So it's something that I, I believe just very strongly as an artist, we need to move forward from. Two, Artist deals are always 50% or better after the initial investment is returned on Indify. The, the platform is like locked. It'll like error out if you start to put in terms that um, break that. And third, artists always keep creative control. And that's the way these docs are 
format it. I mean, for an artist like Taylor Swift, who's brought a lot more value to these companies and, you know, and arguably bigger than some of these institutions herself, she deserves to be the CEO of her, her own life and her own art. And she deserves to make every decision the way she wants to. She deserves to pass that on to her kids. The fact that artists like that can't do that and, and what she has to now go through to make that music, you know, listen to equitably out there is insane. It's out of control and it shouldn't exist. And I think, you know, we need tools and we need new solutions to rewrite how this is going to work for the next generation of Taylor Swift. And I, I think Indify, you know, I hope that we can have a conversation with her about doing stuff with her future projects to make sure that, again, she can build her business equitably, own her business, but still get those strategic partners and marketers needed to take it to the next level. You mentioned Web3 earlier and some of the solutions there and what you hope those solutions will offer to artists. And yeah. I think a lot of people have talked and thought about the Web3 opportunities in music and positioned it as a use case to do in many ways what Indify is doing. And you are proving with your platform that this can happen and is happening off chain. And it doesn't necessarily need to be done through three or through NFTs or things like that. Some of these things you may be exploring in the future, but where do you stand right now in that aspect? Because I do feel like a lot of the other companies that are positioning themselves to try to solve a similar problem have positioned themselves as the Web3 solution for this, but you've been a bit more yeah. focused on saying, hey, this can exist. It doesn't necessarily need to happen that way. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you really broke it down best. As you do in the A16 piece you wrote, the music tech community is going to need to, as at large, both Web2 and Web3 and Web2.5 and everything in between, it's going to need to tackle different problems for artists, for us to build an ecosystem that's competitive with these Goliaths of, of the old, you know? And I think us working together is, it, and us holding each other accountable, having these conversations. And I, I love how I think Web3 has pushed Indify to be more open, more inclusive. I have a lot of friends in, in the FWB community who've, you know, shown me incredible values and, and the incredible depth of what this movement is about. And I truly, truly, deeply believe in it and feel it and empathize with the work that's being done because I believe in in these values, which is really comes down to community, right? And and community ownership, community governance. I think these things are very powerful concepts. And I think these are very powerful ways for an artist to run their business. I, you know, have so much love for what sound and what catalog and what some of these companies are doing. I, I think there are amazing founders behind those companies. I think they're building amazing tools for artists to earn different and new revenue streams on their music. And I think all of us need to really come together and work together to build this infrastructure for new artists. I think one of the things that I'm yearning for, one of the things I'm yet, I think, fully see in the space that I'm excited about is something that maybe more reflects an artist DAO of sorts. And again, I'm still in the first inning of this, all of this, understanding all of this as most people are, but something I'm going to experiment with, again, like the way I've always operated with Pretty Boy Shav and you know, the artist career and being the founder of Indify or co-founder with Connor and Matt, who I've built with this with, you know, my best friends since day one is like, I experiment and we experiment, me, Con and Matt experiment and kind of create these different like processes with the Pretty Boy Shop thing. We hack at my Spotify for artists. We do all this crazy stuff to learn, right. And to experiment and, and to figure things out. And then a lot of that, a lot of that failure becomes what is knowledge and R&D into, I think, the Indify roadmap. I think that's an amazing way to stay grounded and stay user-focused. 
for me, one of the things I'm going to do is, and I published my goals at the beginning of this year, I not only want to raise on Indify and, and publish and tran- you know, transcribe that, that for the public to see, but I also want to, as an artist, do uh, some Web3 experiments. And I, I'm basically launching this physical and digital trading card experience that is going to be like my mecca for my pretty community. And so it's going to come, you know, if you get it, you can basically like see a roadmap for the pretty wish of arc. You can come get your nails painted with me. You can listen to some exclusive music. And I think those community events and that super fan access, I think is something I'm really excited to just play with on the web three side and to see happen in the space. It's great to hear because I think you can see both sides of this. You understand what needs to be done and not just using yourself as not even more, not even a use case, but essentially you understand what needs to be built, what you would want for yourself as an artist and how you navigate all of that as well. And while we have the time, we'd love to chat a little bit more about you and what you've been doing with your artist career on that front. First off, how you manage the time between the two, because I'm sure it's both hats to wear and I'm sure it's a lot from that perspective, but how have you navigated doing both of those things? And I know that you've also said in past interviews, you want to be known more for music moving forward. So how does that continue to, or how does that evolution continue to progress based on where you see things going? Yeah, I, I think I appreciate it. The question, you know, me, myself, Connor and Matt, We've always understood that there's this fluidity, I think, between myself being an artist and being a part of the company. And in fact, I think we've all come to realize it's a huge advantage. When I talk to artists, I relate to them. I I can understand their problems when we make decisions, you know, in the room. And and I think I consider Connor and Matt artists in themselves. I think Matt, what he does on a technical level and building this tool, I've always fallen in love with the art of tech and building product is very much like making music. It's a new creative entity that didn't exist before that you created that helps the world. I think it's very similar. And I think Connor himself is a writer and an incredible artist. And if you don't have art and tech, then what do you have? You know, so I think we've all come to understand that that the pretty boy shop journey is our guinea pig and, and it's a, a part of our story. And, and it's cool. It's really cool. I think more than anything, the company is us three. And to have their support in that, I think is first and foremost. And to have investor support in that too, I think is first and foremost. And I think people understand that it only really makes me better as a founder. And and they're one and the same, you know, being an artist and, and having more artists lead Music companies is kind of, I, I hope, the way of the future. I think on a personal level, you know, I'm really proud of the music I've put out there. I think it's some of the best music out there, whether I'm a co-founder of a tech company or not. And I have a new album coming up that I think is just a huge step of growth. And I think addresses a lot of my own values of growing up as uh, an Indian American, understanding my own perspective, telling my own story. And, and it's a story that when I was 15, the two things that my sort of North Star were, were, man, I wish I could be an artist without having to be Drake and just being, you know, a sustainable artist, because this is what I love to do. Why is it that somebody can be an accountant, but I can't be a musician, right? And why can't those existences coexist? And I think for me, I think just seeing more people like me making pop music, more people like me getting our nails painted, wearing earrings, wearing cool clothes and breaking kind of the boxes that, that we were put into. So for me, I think all of this stuff comes from a, a deep sense of mission and a deep sense of serving our 15-year-old self. It's something that Virgil talked about a lot. And I think that's ultimately, you know, what I'm in service to when it comes to both Indify and the artist journey. But it's cool to see them coming together more and more. I had my first interaction where I was actually with Peter Boyce and John Exley, and we were in LA celebrating Peter installation, actually just invested in the company. 
and it just turned Peter's birthday and we were sitting having a great time and somebody came up to me randomly and was like, are you pretty wish off? And it, you know, as a kid, you always, see, I was more excited than her, but as a kid, you always wonder if as, as an artist that'll ever happen. I think that moment is one that, you know, we all got to share together, John and Peter, we wouldn't be here without them. They've been supporting for six, seven years. So to have that with them, you know, and, and be on this journey together, I think is, is super cool. That's powerful. And those stories are always great when you hear because, you know, you hear once, it definitely won't be the last time. Yeah. Yeah. I will see. We'll find out. Got this stuff <laughs> work to do, Dan. Yeah. Well, Sean, this is great. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing both your journey as an artist and your journey as a founder. As we both say, artists are founders and you're a great embodiment of that statement. But before we let you go, is there anything else that you want to plug and let the Trapal audience know about? Yeah, I would just say, you know, follow Indify on Instagram and Twitter. I think it's a good follow. And, you know, we've done a lot of work behind the scenes in the last year and a half. I think we've got to do a better job of telling our story in front of the scenes. And there's going to be a lot of content coming in the next year and, and storytelling coming of these artists and these incredible stories. You're going to find amazing music. So, you know, give us a follow. Follow the journey. Come along. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, man. Cool. Thanks so much, Dan. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend. Copy the link, text it to a friend, post it in your group chat, post it in your Slack groups, wherever you and your people talk, spread the word. That's how Trapolo continues to grow and continues to reach the right people. And while you're at it, if you use Apple Podcasts, go ahead, rate the podcast, give it a high rating and leave a review. Tell people why you like the podcast. That helps more people discover the show. Thank you in advance. Talk to you next week.